0: thanks for listening to 90,000 Hours. I'm your host and producer Robin Landy. Today's episode features Camille Ecolina Atwood, a flight attendant living and working in San Francisco, California. Today's episode is the last of season two of 90,000 Hours. I'm going to be taking a break for a little bit, but we'll be back as soon as I can. A big thank you to everyone who's been taking the time to listen to the show, and also to all the guests whose willingness to share their stories has made the show possible. Take care, everyone, and thanks for listening. Okay, so at the time I was working for a company and I was doing webcasting. At the time I'd been doing it already for five years and it was, it had been a transitionary job. It wasn't something that I was looking to stay with for as long as I had. Um, I'd actually left a job at a recording studio. I had just dealt with a, I had a boss for like three years who just was like such a woman hater. (laughs) I can't believe that I had stayed in the position for as long as I did. And one day out of the blue, I just said, "I'm." I'm done, and I quit in the middle of the foyer, I think, and I needed a job desperately. So that's when I started working at the webcasting company and I made some good friends and I stayed there for a while. At the time, um, one of my best friends, her best friend in high school had been a flight attendant. She had been in the career for over 20 years. And at the time, my, my really good friend was enrolled in her flight benefits. And so she had spent a couple of years traveling on those benefits. So it's one of the perks of being a flight attendant you have to go basically standby anywhere in the world. And so she did that for a little while. And then while she was doing that decided that she also wanted to be a flight attendant. So, you know, she was in her in her 40s at the time and decided to do this career change and went in and applied and got the position. After that happened, she added me to her flight benefits, actually, and so I spent two years traveling on those benefits, you know, getting to see some people and some different places. Other than having already a love to travel, it was a nice opportunity to sort of just get to do it whenever I wanted. It it didn't really, I didn't really have to plan a trip so much, I could just go and then that feeling kind of lingered for a while. And at the time I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm not really enjoying this job, I'm not sure what career path to go to next. And I just decided to apply myself. So I remember um, submitting my application. It, it was a very short window that it was open because it's actually quite a sought after job, which I learned a lot more about later on, but it was open for a span of four days, I think to submit your application. And so I just did it. And then um, I kind of just forgot about it. And then uh, I was on a trip for New Year's. I was actually with a couple of my cousins We were hiking in Big Sur, and I got this email to schedule an interview with the airline. I mean, the joke is during your interview, when you get asked, why did you choose to be a flight attendant? Or why do you want to be a flight attendant? Everyone says they love traveling. And it's actually kind of a joke at the interview they're like besides traveling why do you want to be a flight attendant the interview process is kind of you show up as if you were a flight attendant so you know i had like this black blazer and black skirt to my knees and i had black pumps and skin tone pantyhose and i had my hair up in a bun and i had red lipstick on and it wasn't exactly who i was at the time but what i really enjoy about this career is that it feels like an alter ego. So I kind of was this character. I didn't think anything about being a flight attendant. Like I I wasn't um, judgmental about the position or, or the job in any way, but I don't know that I thought in my mind, I'm gonna go be a flight attendant. I went into the interview and I had worked enough customer service jobs and worked with people a lot that it was actually pretty easy and natural to answer the questions. I felt, I feel like that best part about working in customer service is that you just know how to be with people and you know what it's like to, what makes people happy is, is knowing one thing, but I think being genuine about it is another thing. And I feel like I went in with a genuine approach to just being a person, you know, I think that that's the thing is the one thing about being a flight attendant is that everything in your life is relatable to being a flight attendant all the experiences that you have with people in every aspect of your life colors your life as a flight attendant. Typical day, I think that there are things that are pretty consistent. It's almost consistency in the chaos. It also depends on what kind of schedule you have because the whole entire flight attendant industry is seniority-based. And so your time in determines your schedule, in some cases, you get to choose the first bunk on an international flight. I mean, it is so important where you're at in the number scheme. And so basically, what it means to be a reserved flight attendant is that you are on call. And so at some point at that time, if you were called to work a trip during that on-call period, you would have to be at the airport within three hours. That could be a day trip they could put you on. They could put you on a four day where you could end up being in rainy Seattle for one day, Hawaii the next day, and then two days later be in Chicago. It's so much harder to be a reserve flight attendant. And then um, the other side of that is if you're a line holder. So you would get your schedule, uh, you bid for a schedule and you'd get assigned one. And then you could keep that or a week and a half later there was a a trading window that really felt like the New York stock market because you were trying to switch your trips in and out with what was in the what we call the pool and you could have a completely different schedule by the end of the you know 2 hour trade session some of the things you know that you're going to have is you're always going to have a potentially stressful Flight. <laughs> I'm not going to say that all of them are stressful, but they have—they all have the potential to be stressful. And So many of them come out so well. That's probably something that you're always consistently worrying about, is that what the hell is going to happen on my flight today? But in terms of knowing what you're going to get or who you're going to work with, none of that is actually consistent at all. I, I, I probably have worked with one person the most six times over six years. It's one thing. Cool is that if you ever are working with someone that you maybe just don't get along with, it's not working, you don't uh, jive very well, once the trip ends, it's not likely that you're going to see them again, you know? And at the same time, sometimes you make these amazing friendships and you're like, where are you? I can't ever fly with you again because it just, you can't coordinate it. But um, the consistency is that there's none. (laughs) What I find most stressful is boarding time. I'm one of those people, there's people who like short segment trips, you know, and they're fine doing multiple of those trips a day. But I'm like a, let's go all the way across the country to Boston. I'll lay over and I'll come back the next day. I like one boarding time and one deplaning. <laughs> and I don't mind staying with customers that long, like having a six, and, six hour flight, six hour flight, because there isn't as much opportunity for things to go wrong. Cause a lot of the stuff that happens uh, that can go wrong on a flight happens during boarding. And that could be so many things. That could be people upset because there's no more space for them to put their luggage in the overhead bins and probably very fitting right now. Someone may come on who is has drank too much and we're dealing with that kind of um, energy in the beginning of boarding, or there's delays, you know, whether it's something that the airline has done wrong or whether it's the weather There's a huge thunderstorm outside. You just cannot make people happy all the time. And so I would say that that's the most stressful part for me. Once we get through that and we're up in the air and everything kind of relaxes and you get into, you have a schedule. For me, it's like a, a release, like a sigh, like, okay, we've gotten through that. Now let's do that. In terms of stress, there's a lot of stress that happens beyond the plane because, um, whether you're on reserve, it's already hard on reserve, but it's on, it's hard on as a line holder as well, is that you're not really home a lot. So I think that it can be very stressful for people in relationships. It's stressful for people dating and trying to like, you know, start a relationship in any way like that, because you don't really, it could be something like you could be on a date and you're getting pulled off on a trip, you know? to go somewhere, or you can't really consistently make plans with people. And for all the excitement and travel the world, it actually can be a very lonely, a very lonely career to be involved in. I don't think people quite understand how much our job entails so much stress on the body. Like you you spend a lot of time up the air, so you are consistently like bloated. You're consistently dehydrated. Flight attendants lose their hearing a lot because of this, I mean, um, their hearing deteriorates a lot because of the how loud the planes are that you're constantly on it. If you're a passenger on it every now and then, that's fine. But constantly sitting by the doors and all that stuff. So those kind of there's a lot of those physical stressors as well. And um, of course, gel Lag, Gel Lag can do a number on you in that way too. I think it's funny because when you are on the the plane, even for all the reasons that people whatever don't respect flight attendants or they they kind of think they can make fun of your job you know whatever waitress in the air stuff like that um, when the time comes when they're afraid they're actually really are looking to you for confidence and assurance and I think it was I had this one particular flight where I was we were coming into um, the weather was so crazy in Washington DC and we had some really high winds and um we were particularly large aircraft and we were coming into land and we had to have everyone strapped in right away. This was a diverted flight. So we weren't trying to go to DC at the time, but, um, Weather on the East Coast was pretty intense, and so we were sent here, and we had to do this crazy maneuver. Um, the plane actually was going the opposite direction of the runway, and then did, did this like 180 turn, and it was coming into the um, runway. And I was sitting in the jump seat that was up front, but invisible to the first class passengers. And we were strapped in; we were bouncing in our seats, like and 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 swaying quite a bit because it was a uh, it was pretty turbulent. And this woman. I remember sitting in the front seat and she's looking at me and she's like, well, the flight, I actually heard her say, well, the flight attendant looks calm. It must, it must be okay. Cause the flight attendant looks calm. And honestly, I was actually just really enjoying the turbulence. <laughs> so it was as genuine as can be because I kind of like it a little bit when you're all strapped in. So I, she definitely looked at me for insurance, assurance. Everything was okay, but you are there for people's safety and the whole the whole idea is to de-escalate, you know, and people's fears around flying are, are real. And you know, even if a car is less safe than an airplane, there's something about being in the air and because when, when bad stuff happens, it's, it's pretty bad, you know? So I think it is part of your job and your duty to, to make them and help them feel safe. I think that's. Um, Aspect of being a flight attendant I really love because I'm I also end up at some point uh, for two years while I was while I've been a flight attendant working at the training center so I'm actually a safety expert in the sense that I actually was an instructor in the program and so it's really fascinating what safety is and it definitely makes me look at my responsibilities as a flight attendant in a different light when I when I've gone back to fly after having that experience like I see things differently I understand what I'm there for. In a much deeper way. That definitely bleeds into my life because like my my son is at this age, like I said, right now where he is moving and tumbling and learning how to use his his legs and literally grabs at everything as you walk by. And just this morning he like bonked his head on the ground and you know, and I picked him up and I looked him in the face. He's crying a little bit and I was like, I was like, Yeah, that must have really hurt, you know, and and he just within 30 seconds just stopped crying and he looked at me and he saw that I was calm because I really do feel like people can read your energy. And that's that's not only in a stressful situation. In everyday life as we're walking around each other, we read each other's energy. And it's really important to be mindful of what we put out there that can't can't be seen. As a flight attendant you could have, as a passenger, you come on and you've had a terrible time on your way to the airport and you come on and you bring that energy onto the plane, right? Flight attendants do the same thing. So it's like imperfect human beings, but we try and I think the biggest point is just to be aware of that energy that we put out there because it feeds the world, you know? So I try to do that same thing with Rivers, I want him to be... I want him to sort of see how he's feeling in the moment based on his feelings and not reacting to what I'm doing. And I guess that's the same thing I, I would want to um, project on the airplane. It's interesting that um, the industry of being a flight attendant, or I guess the career of being a flight attendant really is based in the beginning on a lot of really sexist views. I mean, you had these really beautiful women, they had weight check-ins, they had to be unmarried, they had to be under a certain age. They, you know, were measured constantly. Their uniforms were very fitted and they were made to look beautiful. And it's kind of interesting because back in the day, like back in the day day, you had to be an RN to be hired as a flight attendant. So I mean that's that's quite a skill set. Once you're once you're actually on the plane, you were considered to be there strictly for like service and entertainment, right? So it's and I guess it depends also where you are in the world, because there's actually the aspect of this, of the industry is actually different internationally, because first of all, um, internationally, the position is very revered. It's a um, very classy, sophisticated position. The look of how they hire is still pretty strict. It's still young and beautiful. Kind of really depicts that old style way of what the flight attendant sort of dreamy life is like, whereas I think in the United States, it's changed a lot. I mean, the the variety and age of a flight attendant in the US is actually quite wide. It, you could decide to be a flight attendant at 21, and you could decide to be a flight attendant at 45. And the longevity of it is we have flight attendants that were Pan Am flight attendants that are in their 80s and are still flying. But it is pretty amazing what has changed in that span of time. Like for my online right now, the restrictions for uniform, there's a lot more variety, you know, girls don't have to wear, the women don't have to wear dresses. If you're wearing pants, you don't have to wear high heels, you know, in terms of physical appearance, there's not as like such strict parameters on what you look like. And then at the same time, the flight attendant career, sought after as it is, is also not revered in the same kind of way as it is internationally. So there's a lot of that interesting things going on. Also you have flight attendants that have spanned that time too. So you have flight attendants that were hired primarily for being beautiful and having good customer service. And now they're asked to perform safety duties that are kind of not why they got into the the career in the first place. No matter what just saying that you're a flight attendant comes with an immense amount of curiosity from individuals and also just assumptions. So it's like the assumptions are that you're constantly partying, you know, you're drunk, hooking up with people in so many different cities and and maybe actually some of the stories that I hear from the flight attendants in the 80s, I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, some of them were telling me they were doing lines of coke in the back of the in the back of the airplane i'm like wow that's not the way the world is here here on on airplanes but um they still make assumptions about you as a flight attendant like i remember telling people that i decided to be one and you'd either get this like wow that is so cool that's so interesting and i i literally get some people go like huh oh wow okay wow okay just the uh, the idea that it's not like a you know very sophisticated job or anything like that to the point where on Facebook, I actually made my job position say cart tart at major airline. Because I just love the like irony of that, or just how funny it was. Like, yeah, sure, make your assumptions. But um, it has come a long way from the way it used to be. It's changed in ways that I'm sure many old school flight attendants don't really like. It's also probably a lot of flight attendants that wish it was that more glamorous way of um, how it was in the 60s and 70s. I do, like I said before, it's an alter ego for me. I I I may not appear that way, but I'm I'm pretty much like an introvert that appears like I'm an extrovert. I get on planes and I still feel nervous. Like the fact that I, I have to do the emergency exit row briefing, like my heart just like pounds and pounds and pounds when I get up to these people and I'm like, I'm like, oh my God it still makes me nervous, you know, because it's like, it, it is this character I'm playing and I actually really enjoy that aspect. It's like a part of my personality that maybe isn't as like dominant in who I am every day, but it's fun to sort of feed that person. So I guess in a way I am really enjoying that idea and perception that comes with being a flight attendant. I do wish they'd bring back the hat. I really would love a great hat to wear on the plane. What I love about it is that I, when I'm done with my flight, when I leave the airport and I'm home, that's the end of my day. That's the end of my job, you know? And I get to come home and I am, I have a lot of other interests in my life. So I sort of feel like in many ways, I'm a mix of someone who's old school. I really do believe in like working hard, making the money I need to, to support my family. But it's also mixed in with the aspect that I do want to do things that I enjoy. Do I always think that your job has to be something that's enjoyable? I don't think so, no. Because it's called work for a reason. I'm not saying you need to go there and you need to suffer because that's, I have had those jobs and those little moments are, will kill your soul. But when I come for the time that I'm on the aircraft, and I can actually say this about being a flight attendant is that you go through these segments of being like, why the hell did I choose this career? you know, you're like, you have these um, experiences in a row, multiple experiences in a row. And you're just kind of like, wow, I cannot believe that this I'm here. Why am I doing this? Right. And then you kind of just work through it. And then you get to another segment of it. And it's like, this is freaking glorious. Like, I love it. I just met so many cool people today. I made connections with customers on the airplane. I'm never going to see them again. And I had this like hours of cool conversation, of just fun banter. And those are those moments where I'm like, oh yeah, it's why I do this job. I think for so many times in my life, I wanted the job that was creative to make money on my creativity. And I also think that that makes my creative life not as fun sometimes. Because when I make it so much about how I make money, then I'm doing it more to make money. And I'm sort of feel like my inspiration and my ideas seem a little more exhaustive than when I get to just have something that gives me support monetarily and helps me provide for my family. And then I have these other ways that I get to enjoy creativity, working with my hands and getting to do those for fun. Anytime that I think that I would wanna leave this career, I always remember that one time I got free tickets to go see Prince. And I think who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> I can do this year. I can do this job for years and who knew who knows what magical things can happen on the plane. So um, I'm going to stick with it for now and I hope that I guess my biggest hope is that it helps me have magical spontaneous experiences and I get to take my family traveling around the world. And if that means that I can't have art as my main world, it doesn't matter because there are so many ways in your everyday life to be creative. It's like trying to get all your joy and fulfillment out of one person like in a relationship it's like thinking they have to do everything with me They're like all the stuff that i love that we should share together and it's like no wait i have a best friend i could go do that i could go to the museum with them and i could it's like having that expectation that one thing is supposed to fulfill you on all the levels that you are but we are multifaceted humans and there's multiple ways to get that joy and to, um, to survive and live and also be creative so. I think the biggest gift that being a flight attendant has given me is the fact that it is a career that draws all kinds of people and I'm talking about all different belief systems culturally it is is one of the most multicultural positions in the world I mean you uh, you work with people from uh, different nationalities ethnicities uh, languages it's the most Diverse set of people I've ever met, and it's like a a sort of micro version of the world, working on this little this little system. Sometimes solely on a tiny plane, but um, but the perspective that I could have completely different views from someone, you know, and still ha- enjoy this friendship and connect in some way outside of those differences was, I think what was so surprising to me, because it it requires tolerance and it requires compassion. I think of myself as a person who has those qualities in in how I approach the world. But I think now, especially now, if we've spent a year separate from each other, we can um, feel like all our relationships are online or on our phones. And um, I I have to say that as uh, challenging as that can be in person, in the career that I work in, coming across all those different ideas and perspectives, it, it has made me really see who I am. Also, when you're not just talking anonymously on a social media or anything, but having those face-to-face conversations and, and seeing those differences in real life and realizing that you, you may be different and have different ideas, but you could also be a perfectly good human. I also, it has definitely shown me how much, how huge traveling is to me and seeing all the different kinds of ways of living in the world but it has never it has more than anything it has fostered my love of home because you just don't know how nice it is to come home to consistency and and roots so i always think of it as like having roots and wings it's like i need both in my life and the, the wings have really shown me how much i value the home i've made and being able to spend time with people like being home and having one-on-one relationships and conversations like the value of that is so much more to me and so if anything in terms of the way all the ways that being a flight attendant can be lonely and exciting it's also really showed me what's important in other ways and that it's you don't always have to leave to have joy you could be home and find that too